how you doing? Like, how's this week been? Uh, this week has been crazy. Cause I'm, I, my last day at my job was on Friday yeah. and I'm going to a different job. I think I told you that mm-hmm. I'm moving back to SoCal. So it's like where I'm from. I haven't lived officially in SoCal since before I lived in Ohio. So that's been interesting. And so all next week I'm off. So I'll be apartment hunting, but also like getting all of my clients onto Dominic trains and transitioning nice. them. So that's going to be, it's going to be a busy week, but at least I don't have to worry about my full-time job. Um, right. Because it's been like, I, I can't get a break. It's like, fuck, like if I'm not doing something Dominic trained, I'm doing something for my full-time job. If I'm not doing something for my full-time job, I'm fucking training. If I'm not training, I'm sleeping and, or eating. <laughs> so it's exactly. like, so it's, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been wild. Yeah. It's a life of a, of a bodybuilder and life of a coach. I mean, it's kind of like people are like, Oh, well you, we want to work the nine to five. So now we just work 24 seven. And that's yeah. kind of true to an extent. It's like, you're always on whether it's. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, you know, eventually, like I, I came to the conclusion this week that I want to coach full-time in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, and that means that I'll probably have to move out of state again. Um, so that's exciting too. I've just like, you know, really accepted that maybe California is not where I'm supposed to settle mostly because like, if I'm going to run a business out here, it like, it's just going to be so much more expensive, like business tax wise, like, and, um, if I can live anywhere I want, then I would rather live somewhere that doesn't, uh, take more from me than it gives me. Right. Like, I love Cali, like it's where I'm from, but it's not a smart move, especially if I aspire to one day, like have a family, it's not a smart move to, to do that here. If you're like lower middle-class, like you don't really like get, you you don't get the same benefits as people that have lots and lots of money. Um, and so we're not there yet and we will be one day, but I think as of right now, I'm thinking like, it might not be like the smartest decision financial wise. And in that sense, like mental health wise to stay out in California and to live the life that I want to live. Right. Like, cause I want to live without limits. Um, right. I don't want to be thinking like, Oh, I can't do that because I have to pay my rent or I have to do this. Or like, I don't want to think like that. Like I'm, I don't want that for myself. So no, I agree wholeheartedly. It definitely can be a lot, especially just paying taxes and paying taxes, being a business owner is just a lot anyway, because, yeah. you know, it's not like you're withholding from every paycheck and you have to pay quarterly. And then yeah. even when taxes are due, you might even owe even more. So no, it's a yeah. lot. And especially if your state charges a lot. So coaches have to be smart with how they are, you know, charging their clients and how they're spending their own money. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I mean, cause there are a lot of coaches on IG that always boast about coaching and coaching wherever they want. And they're like on yachts, on beaches. I'm like, Oh, that's nice. I'm glad you have all that excess (laughs) cash while we're like, you know, investing in our education for our clients, you know, like a mentor is, you know, depending on who it is, like upwards of three grand um, classes. That's why I'm so, that's mm -hmm. why I'm so grateful for, for, you know, the, the opportunity I have with Dominic trains. Cause it's like, right damn, like that's really, that's really what, what got me was that like, oh, mentorship bet, like, (laughs) because that's only going to make me a better coach. Um, and plus it's someone I know, right. Oh, since we're recording, I guess we've started, like I'm a coach on Dominic trained. So now like, I guess the people know, like, (laughs) right. Yes. No, that was an awesome announcement on Wednesday. 
Yeah. I'm super psyched for you, but yeah, it's really expensive to be a good coach because like, again, like you're not doing it for clout. You're doing it for the sake of helping people reach their Mm -hmm. true potential and correct health markers, get their, you know, optimal health markers in check and get the physique that, you know, they're wanting in a reasonable manner. So it's a lot for coaches. And those of you that are like always (laughs) like doing shit on yachts, like (laughs) man, Well, no, like, I'm not like, I don't think that it's not, you know, if that's their lifestyle, that's their lifestyle, no judgments. Um, but it is a job in itself. It's not like you just start coaching, you make a ton of money, and then you start partying on yachts every weekend. It doesn't right. work like that. And I think that there's a portrayal on social media that that's what it looks like. Um, because that's, what's popular to look at. Like it's a popular lifestyle to look at. Um, but it might not be that way for everyone. And so just like, keep that in mind. Um, if you're trying to get into coaching, like your startup, it, like I was coaching people basically for free, like before I, like I was spending money, like helping people trying to learn how to coach, um, trying. And plus on top of that, like trying not to think about the opinions of other coaches of what I'm doing, like, and what other people are thinking I'm trying to do. Right. And so you you build from like very small, like it into a very, you know, until someone that people see as someone that's knowledgeable that wants that they want to come to you for advice and help in coaching, but it takes a long time. It takes like, you know, coaching for free for a minute before you can even get into that. And then, you know, even when you do get a mentor, you do start getting educated. You're still lowballing it until like you get really good. And then you're like, okay, like I, yeah. And it's also hard to, for me, it was hard to feel like I deserved the pay that I started charging people because I was starting to get lots of clients. And I was like, I'm investing a lot of time. Like I'm just going to have to increase my prices. Cause it's almost like, it's not that it's not worth it for me, but it's, um, like I'm spending a lot of time and all of my clients at this point are basically paying dirt, like cheap, nothing. Right. And so it took a long time for me to feel like I deserved that. Like, do I deserve that? Like, and so it's hard, like mentally, like getting into coaching and viewing yourself as a coach. Like you have, you have to view yourself as one you to be a good coach. You have to view yourself at one. You just can't, you can't just think of yourself as somebody that's, Oh, I'm just helping people. It has to be much more than that. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you also have to understand that like you like coaching is not necessarily a a luxury good nowadays, like bodybuilding coaching. Absolutely. I totally agree. Like bodybuilding is unnecessary, but health coaching, especially with how just like the FDA with their regulations on things like doctors, like with their regulations and their short time for patients, I think health coaches are in such a big demand, not even necessarily for just like like for aesthetic purposes, I mean, like for fixing like big general health markers, like there are things that, you know, coaches can get like Dutch tests, which are huge for looking at things with the adrenals with, you know, estrogen and all the metabolites. Like, I mean, there are like awesome tests that, you know, are definitely pricey, but can give coaches a good in-depth kind of math based on, you know, maybe what the client is struggling with. Maybe it's like something like hormonal birth control, which I mean, could yeah. be <laughs> a yeah. podcast in and of itself, you know? So I think we're in a really cool field that is unfortunately tainted by quick summer, summer shreds and stuff like that, that literally mm-hmm. does the opposite of what we're trying to do. But we're also in a cool spot where we have a platform where we can educate for free, both on, on this podcast, and Instagram, which I mean, yeah. 10, 20 years ago, 
I mean, I don't even know how they would be a health coach. Like, I just don't yeah. even know. I th- and I mean, that's why the prevalence is coming out. So like, I, it's so here. It's so like every, I don't want to say everyone's a coach, but like, you know, there's a huge demand for it right now because people just want to know like, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like there's right. info out there just like, if you were to Google search certain things, sometimes it's just like, why did this just come up? Like, mm-hmm. or like, and that's most of the access that people have nowadays. Um, I will say like this generation is the most resourceful because of social media and because of, um, and because of the internet, they can look up things or they can find people easily that can help them. Um, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that wasn't a thing. Like if you wanted, and I think that that's why, you know, bodybuilding and fitness was more of a cult too. Right. It was very cult-like because you didn't know who to go to really for, for that info, but now it's so out there. Now someone can market themselves and say, Hey, I know about this shit, like, and I can help you, or I can, whether it's bodybuilding or just regular, like general population health, like they're able to tell you what they specialize in and whoever's looking for them will be able to find them. Um, whereas before that wasn't a thing. Um, and so it's slowly changing. And so it's really cool to see that happen um, because people can, you know, people that have been in the industry for a long time are able to show like what they're able to do. Absolutely. And it's cool to be a part of that change. Yeah. yeah. But we digress. Really today's episode, we wanted to kind of focus on talking about our own experiences with our like mental health journey. So I think the first podcast, we talked about a lot of our coaching journey, our fitness journey, but then you know, Britta and I have both been through stuff recently where I think it's important that we share, um, kind of like the struggles that we had, um, how we dealt with those struggles and how we overcame them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, I'll go ahead and go first because actually I was able to luckily help kind of Brit through hers temporarily, mm-hmm. um, which I, that was honestly really cool. I really like love sharing that experience with you, even though I felt bad that you were going through something really hard. But for me, my mental health struggle started, I guess, last year, I think honestly around this time, um, because this was the time where my husband who works in the Navy as a contractor was starting to go on shift work. And if you guys don't know what shift work is, it's essentially working like days for a certain period of time and then working the second shift for a certain period of time and then working third shift. So every week he would be on first shift and then he'd get two days off. And then the next seven days he'd get, you know, a mid shift and then two days off. And then the last, you know, section would be third shift and then two days off. So it was like constantly going all over the place with our sleep schedule. And as a bodybuilder, I mean, like sleep is like, kind of like your everything, right? Like you sleep Mm -hmm. so you can train. And, you know, because I wasn't really sleeping with my husband a lot because of his different schedules, like that was starting to kind of wear on me. And then I was a full-time coach with almost like 70 clients on my roster. And then like them being in different time zones, me not setting boundaries for myself, like that was on me granted, but it was a lot. And I could tell my myself was kind of slipping and my anxiety was getting the best of me. I mean, I'd wake up and at this time I wasn't taking my blood glucose, (laughs) but I'm sure if I was, it'd be sky high, but like, I just always felt anxious and alert and Mm -hmm. kind of jittery. 
like all the time. And then I don't want to think about it. (laughs) I know. Like it's an awful feeling. You just feel wound up. Like you feel like you can't get a handle on things. You feel tired, but wired like that, just high cortisol feeling. And then like, I noticed my sleep was starting to go bad. Um, I would like have a hard time falling asleep or maybe a hard time staying asleep. And Mm -hmm. then eventually like psychologically, I started to get inside my head being like, well, something wrong. And if you think you're having a sleep issue, you're right. Because at the moment you think that you're having problems sleeping, you are having problems sleeping because yeah. mentally you're just, you're there. You're in that spot. Yeah. You're in that space of like, it's like a spiral, but I'll let you continue before I, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is like a spiral. Um, and, yeah. and that's exactly what happened is I spiraled is like, I, there'd be nights where I just, I would be wide awake, struggling with my anxiety, struggling with eventually what led to depression, just being awake with like all of these demons and trying to avoid them. And that was the issue Mm -hmm. is avoidance, not acceptance. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and this lasted like six, seven months almost, even though I was working with a CBTI. um, And, you know, the CBTI, like, it's always great to have a therapist. Like, I think therapy is a great thing. And um, the doctor who I was working with was really, really good. He was, but we had set up all of these strategies kind of around sleep. And when you're an insomniac and then you have all of these rules you have to abide by, like you can't have caffeine past 3 p.m., which is a good rule of thumb, but it's like, it's a strict hard rule. Like no caffeine past 3 p.m. You need to take your health subs, like your sleep health subs, because you have so many sleep subs because you're like just so desperate for sleep. You have to take them at a specific time. You know, maybe it's taking NyQuil when you're that desperate just to conk you out, which is. I thought about that too. I thought about chugging NyQuil. Like I, I did, I straight up did. I mean, did there was it? nights I'd oh have like gosh. three shots <laughs> and nothing. Like oh, that's how man. powerful the brain is, is like when yeah. you were in that spot, your brain's like, bitch, you're up. And it's yeah. like, oh shit. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's insane. Like, like it, it's like you, you want so badly to go to sleep. You want so you, your body's tired. You know, you're tired. Like you want so badly to relax. In general, you want so badly to relax, even in the daytime. Yeah. Um, not, a lot of times, see, with insomnia and depression and anxiety, it's not just I can't sleep, it's all the time. Right. Um, it's all the freaking time. And you'll be around in the daytime, like, oh, it's daytime, I'm supposed to be awake. I'm supposed to feel good. But you just don't because you have so much anxiety about the fact that you didn't sleep and you're mm-hmm. thinking, the fact that the sun is going down and you're going to have to try again and you can't go to sleep you're trying to figure out ways. Okay. How am I going to be able to sleep tonight? So you do things like cut out caffeine. You do things like, um, trying not to be on your phone past a certain time. You do things like trying to avoid anything else that's going to stress you out. But right. in, in a way, like you start limiting your own life, like, because you, you can't do the things you enjoyed before previously, um, or things that kind like relieve your stress or things that were part of your routine, like having a cup of coffee in the morning, things you feel good and feel like you were living your life. Like, um, because you're thinking about the fact that you can't sleep. I remember I started wearing blue light blocking, uh, glasses for like days, you know, need to do that. But I was like, if I don't wear these, I can't sleep. It was like, I couldn't even, I wouldn't even like look at the sun. Right. I would try to stay in like really dark places um, I would, I would shut all of my blinds, just trying to 
make trying to get myself to not feel like I had to stay up. Um, and so it, it was just really strange. But for me, um, mine started, I was, I went into a bout of depression earlier this year, um, a really bad one. I was in a really big sunken place. And so that's where it started. Um, and I would smoke, or I would smoke uh, weed every night, like clockwork. Like I was, it was the habit of smoking weed. I was already smoking weed, like I was already smoking weed, like, but it was that it was now, it was now a thing where I was like, I can't sleep without this. So before I go to sleep, because I can't sleep. Um, Or it it got to the point where weed wasn't enough and just flour wasn't enough. And so I was taking edibles, like, and edibles mess you up. Like they're not, especially the doses I was taking for a small person like me, I was taking like 10 milligrams which isn't like you would think like that's not that much, but for someone my size, like that's a lot, especially if you're doing it every single day. Sure. I was, I would like lay in bed. I was, I would be so high. I would lay in bed and like, I would feel sick. I would, I would get, I would make myself sick enough to go to sleep. It was was crazy. Yeah. I would do like 10 milligrams, sometimes 20 just to get myself to relax. I would basically drug myself to sleep. And so I was doing this every single day. Um, and then I started having, I I was slowly getting over the depression where I felt like I was getting over the depression, at least coming out of it slightly. So I was being more social. I was going to do things. And so I was not having to do as much THC. And then all of a sudden I started interviewing for some jobs that I wanted, um, coaching with Dominic trained. And then also I just received a job at CSUF. Um, and so I was really nervous about those things and those things heightened my anxiety. And yep. since then I was like constantly on edge, constant. Um, and so I started doing the whole, the whole smoking thing again and the edible thing again. And sometimes it was smoking and edibles. And then I was like, this has to stop. Like, I can't do this. Um, I knew I was going to have to get a, I was going to get drug tested soon. Right. So right. I did this job. And so I was like, okay, I have to stop doing this. And so I stopped uh, this whole THC pattern. And I literally like for like two weeks was getting like an hour of sleep, an hour, hours of sleep. And it was agony. Like it was just like, am I, am I dependent on, on weed? Am I, um, am I, do I have insomnia? Is it because of my anxiety? It was like, you're trying to figure out what is it? Like, what is it? And I was like, am I going to be like this forever? Am I going to be like Ash? And it's going to be like for six months. Like I just, yeah. got, I just got this coaching job. Like I need to sleep. Like I need to be a better athlete. Like not, Oh, not, not even to mention the fact that I'm an athlete and I need, right. Like, <laughs> like and you know, Mark's like seven to eight hours and you're like, yeah. well, shit, I got one last night. So, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was crazy. It was like, I couldn't, um, I just couldn't get myself to relax. And, um, throughout this, you know, when you're, when you're challenged by insomnia and anxiety, like and the root cause, and there really is no cause, um, it, you're just in that state and you literally can't control it. It's uncontrollable. And so that's the hardest part from somebody who's a type A personality who controls everything. Yep. I control when I go to sleep, I control my food, I control uh, 
my daily activities. I have to plan everything. And that's because it's due to the nature of just being in fitness and bodybuilding. Right. That it's something, it's not anything that you suffer from. It's just something you do. I wouldn't say that you suffer from it. You just do it. Right. Um, and so I could no longer control anything. Um, and so I called Ashley, like at like my time, it was like 4 a.m. And I had stayed up all night. I was right. up all night and I was like, yo, like help. <laughs> what the hell do I do? You know? And she basically told me first, she told me to read this book. It's called um, the sleep book by Guy Meadows. Is that yeah. What by Dr. Right? Guy Meadows. Dude, that's awesome. Meadows. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Guy Meadows because you need to read that book if you are if you're from insomnia and anxiety both like you need to read that book because it basically shows you that you need to not put so much importance on sleep in order to sleep so instead of um, doing all of these crazy patterns like pulling out caffeine and yes like I lowered my caffeine but I I started just doing my normal routine that I would have. Right. Um, and it took a few days. It took maybe another week before I started actually sleeping soundly. I did the next day after reading that book, fall asleep. So yeah. it was a big improvement. The fact that I fell asleep in general. Um, but it basically in short, the book sh- shows you ways and how to invite anxiety and how to visualize it and how it's, it's not who you are. Um, and so I think a lot of, like a lot of my thinking during that time that I could not sleep at all. Um, I was like, is this me? Is this just going to be who I am forever? Like, and that book really showed, and gosh, like I would, I don't even know how I would have done it if I went through it for six months, like you did, but dude, it was, it was hard because like the CBTI was essentially the, everything that Guy Meadows said to do the opposite of like I actually at the end of my therapy session I actually told my therapist like I need to stop this therapy it's not that you are not helpful but all the 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 rules the tricks the tips like I compared it to having anorexia because that's exactly what it felt like it was like no eating after this time no naps no caffeine like all like my insomnia was my life like I stopped going out with friends like I was even put on Wellbutrin, um, to help with like the depression, which because of my age, I'm, I'm only laughing just because of the irony of it. But the, um, the whole point of me getting on Wellbutrin was to suppress my suicidal thoughts. Mm. It increased them tenfold because of my age, which is a a side effect of the drug. Mm. So I tried to get off Wellbutrin literally as soon as possible, because I was like, I like, like it was bad. Like there were times when like, bless my husband's heart, like he would stay home from work just so I like, wouldn't like off myself. I mean, it was so, so terrible. See, that's, so that is love. That is, that is love. That like, is I just, so much love. That is so much love. Like to see, okay, like we could do a di- whole different episode on relationships, but like when I see partners that like they see their partners at their worst and they're still like there. Like, yeah. I'm like, wow. Like, because I, I don't think I've ever experienced that. Like, I don't think I've ever experienced like a real, like love where somebody is like there for me at like my darkest moments, maybe because I haven't had like super dark moments. I haven't been with anyone to have super dark moments with. Right. I imagine like, you know, I can only imagine feeling like I love my wife so much. Like 
I, I want her to be okay. You know, it, that's awesome. That is, right. I mean, he even went above and beyond. He was like, it's getting so bad. We're like, he couldn't be on shift work anymore. So he talked to his managers and was like, Hey, like I need a different job in this department or I have to leave. Like my wife is not okay. And luckily like his department is so good with mental health because since he works for the Navy, I mean, you have to think these are like 18, 19 year old kids mm-hmm. going into like the Navy. Like you need a strong mental health, you know, support system there. And luckily they were like, yeah, like here's a day job. So mm-hmm. the fact that his work was even able to accommodate and the fact that his managers were just so, so loving and understanding to just his situation, like that made it so much better, but it's no one talks about like the suicidal thoughts. Like you hear like, cheesy commercials about like oh you're having suicide no like these are like you think these are your thoughts that you would just don't want to be alive anymore Mm -hmm. and for someone who like I love life I love living I love my life I'm so grateful for it but to look back and be like holy shit yeah like you don't think it it's ever going to happen to you you think oh I would never think like I want I don't want to live but like when I was in my depressive episode like uh earlier this year I had probably the majority of those days and even during like my period of anxiety and insomnia where I just was like, it would just be so much better if I didn't wake up tomorrow morning. Like I I hope, I hope that I just, I don't wake up like easier. There'd be no pressure on me. There'd be no more pain. Like there'd be no more like feeling the way I like, and I never, and I started thinking like, holy shit, am I really thinking like that? Yeah. And I started feeling like, oh shit, like, no, I'm just, I, I'm just having a hard time. And it became so often that I was like, I hope I just not, it, it, I didn't have experiences thinking about hurting myself, but I hoped that I would just, dis, I, I hoped I would just not wake up in the morning. Right. Exactly. Like you get to like that sheer level of desperation. And like, I don't know if this was it for you, but for me, like I'm not an emotional person, like as far as like crying goes, but I cried all the time like yeah. I'd be on a walk just randomly right like, yeah I'd be on a walk random. yeah the yeah. sun is shining birds are singing I'd be <laughs> right. like in the generally okay mood and then like it would hit me and I would have to like go down an alleyway and just sob to where like I almost collapsed yeah. on the ground just sobbing because like my body yeah. was just like I don't even know like insane so like that yeah. it's just it's horrible and in those moments that's when you're just like when is it gonna end yeah is it going to end? I hope it ends. Like I, I remember taking like, you know, tons, tons of uh, sleeping pills and just, um, I would, I would take a bunch of edibles too. And I would be so off, like just so high and just so drowsy. I was like, I I would think like, I hope after this, like maybe, maybe all of this will just make me die. (laughs) Like, like, but not intentionally, Kill, trying to kill myself just like I hope maybe after this relaxation that I'm about to experience I just stay relaxed and don't wake up like right. and so exactly. those even those even those types of thoughts even though I didn't think about I I didn't act on anything like consciously um are damaging because you just you you don't care for your life anymore you don't right more um and, and it's, it's a, it's a humbling, crazy experience. Cause you think it can happen to you, 
And then when you try and talk about it to other people, they're just like, oh, you're just having a hard time. It, oh man. I, I actually didn't tell a lot um, of my family members that because like my family is very like the black and white type of people. They're like, oh, you're just having a yeah. hard time. I'm like, no, like I had to quit my job having a hard time. Like my husband had to stay home from work having yeah. a hard time. Like that's not a hard time. Like- yeah. And your mind is so, pow- I don't think, under- I don't think people understand how powerful your mind is like, and how mental health is like, it is you like it, it's right. your physical health is one thing, but without your mental health being where it needs to be, like you really can't do much for your physical health. And so, um, it's important, like as coaches, like, and even as people in fitness, like your mental health, almost like you, you kind of have to take care, in my opinion, you have to be more cognizant of that before you can get like the Maslow hierarchy of needs. You You have to feel like you have a roof over your head when you're like in an anxiety state or in a depressive state, you don't feel safe. So how are you going to get into things like strength training or like bodybuilding and stuff like that and be successful at it if you're not taking care of like your mental well-being so right and it's also sometimes a catch-22 because it's like well how much of that is like straight up mental how much of it is also gut health impacting the mental health because those like go hand in hand and you know, that's why I think it's really important that if you're going to work with, you know, a coach on your physique goals or health goals or whatever they may be, also have a therapist. Like a lot of my clients, I'm like, Hey, like I always highly recommend getting a therapist, even if you don't think you need one, like Mm -hmm. see one once every other week, Mm -hmm. like do that for yourself because shit's going to come up and you're going to need someone to talk to. And that person can't be me because I'm not qualified to, you know, as much as I, you know, want to just be there for you I I'm not going to be able to help you and yeah. then I'm going to absorb it because as coaches you're empaths so that's just what it is mm-hmm. and then when you absorb it then that impacts you and then that's going to impact maybe your spouse or significant other or others that are just around you because maybe you don't know how to deal with it and it's a lot so that's why coaches can't be therapists like yeah you're a client and you have a coach you can tell your coach you're having a hard time and your coach hopefully will help on their end. Maybe it's like, yeah. Oh, not tracking food for two weeks. That's what Mark did with me. But mm-hmm. like, he's not going to, you know, sit on the phone with me hours on end, like discussing yeah. it. Like that's not his job. And I didn't expect him to, but he did what he needed to do as my coach, which I think is also yeah. important. Yeah. There should be definitely be some boundaries when it comes to just like what you expect of your coach. Like you have to, well, first of all, you understand what your coach offers. Right a therapist on the side that's a different story but right. like yo that would be a baller setup right like, right like but you have to understand the coach's scope of practice like they're they are there to help you with your uh physical health in some ways like that be helping you with your physical health helps you with your mental health but they're not directly trying to help you with your mental health and be able they don't have the capacity to sit there and um and speak to you about your problems all day so right. if if you expect a coach to do that, you need to invest in a therapist instead because right. that, is, that is their scope of practice. That is what they're for um, or they're there for. And a coach is there to support you and make, to help you be a better person in the physical realm. And indirectly, they help you with your mental and emotional health, but they don't target that uh, right. most, most of the time. Um, so it's important to just remember that about coaches and what their role is as far as mental health and 
they want you to be the best, your best self, but you kind of have to uh, self, you have to self-help as well. Like, like, you know, how you had me read that book. I might, I told one of my clients to read that book. I said, if you, if you want um, advice about like helping yourself sleep, cause she was sleeping only like hours a night. I was like, go read this book and come back to me in your next check-in and let me know. Like, you know, because I can't, I can't sit there and talk to her about this all day. Like, (laughs) I would love to, I just can't. Um, And so she, she did. And she was like, it really did. Like now I'm sleeping like six hours. And so I'm like, okay. And that's a huge improvement. Like if you're suffering from sleeping issues, like it might only seem like two hours, but that's two hours where you didn't have to struggle with yourself. And that's normally the issue with insomnia is like, you were just struggling. You were choosing to struggle with yourself rather than accepting that, like you were not your thoughts and, you know, playing with your anxiety as silly as that might seem, but like play with your depression, play with your anxiety. Like for me, it was like, I gave them like Pokemon, like characters, like my anxiety was Tangela, you know, and I would play with it. And it's, it makes it so much better that even though if you're not asleep, you're relaxed, you're resting. And that's so important. And remembering that it's not something that you can control. Mm -hmm come and go like you know when mine would come um, after reading that book when mine would come I would even during the day when I would walk sometimes it would it would come up or if I was just studying or something it would come up and I couldn't focus anymore and I would stop and be like what's up hey like (laughs) like exactly talk with it what's up what's good you're here today so what are you here for today what's what's on what's on your mind today like and then I start thinking like what is causing this what am I thinking about it might be nothing it might be absolutely nothing. It might just be, I'm just having a reaction. Like, and so I just, I accepted that and say, okay, it'll, it'll pass. Let me just continue to do what I'm doing. But I always greeted it. And even when I would lay at night, I'd be like, <clears throat> it'd come and I'd, I'd say, all right, like, so you're here. I might sit here awake for the next hour. That's okay. It's, not go- you know, it, I might be tired tomorrow. That's Okay. But I'm not sitting there like, oh my gosh, I'm not sleeping. Oh my gosh, let, yep. let me turn. Let me turn on the air. Let me do something to make me feel more comfortable. Let me toss and turn. Let me read a little bit. Maybe that'll help me to get tired. I thought, you know, something I do want to bring up before I forget. It's interesting that you brought up the fact that your um, what is, what is their your sleep therapist called? Uh, see it's a cognitive behavioral therapist for insomnia so cbti for sure yes cbti told you to do all of the things that the book told you like not to do like it it, you know it's kind of the same thing like with healthcare and coaching like healthcare a lot of times will tell like if you have digestive issues they'll just give you some medication and into the root cause of it it's like mindful behavior um and so it's important, like when you have health issues, like we're not therapists. So like, just please don't, us. but like, <laughs> you know, like it's important to try and engage in mindfulness before you try to use drugs or, I mean, really like mindfulness is everything. I don't even think you need to tap into to sleeping pills and stuff like that. If you know how to be mindful. No, literally save your money. Like get this book first. I like, spent so much money. Book. <laughs> I spent so much money on on different types of uh, different types of supplements that have tryptophan, yep. um, all types of stuff that I was taking for like 
months, like before I even started feeling like I had insomnia because I knew, or I, I had it in my mind that I could not sleep by myself. There's no sleep by myself. So I'm just going to take a bunch of stuff because I know it's going to help me sleep. Eventually those things won't work. I'm telling you this right now, eventually like they'll, they will, your brain is so, Ashley told me this, and this is what brain is powerful, man. The a big turning point for me while we were on the phone at 4 a.m. my time was when you said your brain is more powerful than the drugs you are taking. Yep. And so they're not working anymore because your brain doesn't care. It doesn't care how high high you are. mm -mm. It doesn't care. um, It it doesn't care about all the sleeping taking or all of the rituals that you're doing to try and get yourself to sleep. Um, It's so much more powerful that you have to address that. Um, and not, and not try to do everything else to try and get you to sleep. And like, oh shit. I was like, that was, that was a game changer for me. That's when I started accepting like that's You know what? It doesn't fucking matter what happens tomorrow. Like I'm going to just try to do what I need to do to be mindful today. Exactly. I mean, like, shoot, I was like on examine.com, like, what are the best health supplements to take? I was on valerian root, ashwagandha, Oh, um, I was ODing ashwagandha. Dude, same. ODing. I was like, if I can smoke this shit, I will. Like, I mean, like there are so many things because you're so desperate, like popping like 10 to 15 milligrams of melatonin, like trying to do all of these things. Like it got to the point where like, I could no longer take um, NyQuil. Like, uh-huh. you know, I'd be taking the maximum dose and I'd be like, it'd be like two in the morning. I'd already taken like two or three doses. And I would like, look at Eric just sobbing, being like, please, can I take more? And he would be like, no. Cause like, you have to also think of your liver health as well. Yeah, you know, like detoxing sure. all that shit. Yeah, um, and your, your digestion, my digestion started to be all crapped up. Um, yeah, literally <laughs> from like the magnesium I was taking. Yeah. I mean, and, oh yeah. Magnesium uh, was another one. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, yeah, it was a wild ride, but um, yeah, I just want you all to know those of you that are listening that like your brain is, is so much stronger than anything, any type of drug you're ever going to take. So you need yeah. to address what's going on in your mind and your body. Um, and, and that will help you tremendously. If not, it'll, if not, it will just, it will be the, the quote cure. It's not really like, I wouldn't say you're ever cured from anxiety and, no. um, but you, you know how to, you find how to manage it. And when your anxiety comes, you know what to do because, you know, for years, like I had started with my anxiety when I was a kid, like with my nighttime anxiety. And so that's why I was even more triggered as an adult, because I would stay up all night as a kid, just waiting. I had to like waiting for the morning. I needed a nightlight. Um, people used like my family used to make fun of me and be like, she's always scared. Like she just can't, like I would cry at night for no reason. Um, and they just would think I was a weird little child, but I was, I was, I was challenged by anxiety and anxiety. And so like, I can't wait to have, you know, when, when I decide to have kids, if I decide to have kids, I will always take into consideration, like the fact that there could be something in their mental health that is impacting them. And just because they're children, it doesn't mean that that's not happening. Absolutely. You know, and for me, like I ignored it because everyone else ignored it. So when I got into my adulthood, I didn't know what to do. What do I do when I have anxiety? What do I do when I feel depressed? Like um, I had no clue what to do except to, to take things that help that I thought helped. So, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mindfulness has changed the game for, for me personally. Like I always thought that like, hope Keely doesn't listen to this. I always thought meditation was woo woo. I was like, (laughs) y'all are insane. And when I actually, like, I was like, so desperate to the point where I was like, well, maybe I need a meditation coach. And I, so I worked with Keely for a month and just like her presence and the way she spoke about herself and like her own struggles and how like meditation has helped her. It helped me to see that like, it's not woo woo. Like whether you believe in chakras or not, it's beside the point, but like just being like, Mm -hmm. stop thinking about the past, stop thinking about the future, just Mm -hmm. be like, as you are yeah and that is game changer for me is like the fact that like okay it's like one o'clock my time eventually it's going to be two o'clock it doesn't matter what happens at two o'clock what happens now is at one o'clock and right now I'm recording a podcast with my dear friend that's all that matters and Mm -hmm. like that concept I mean I even just just right now you could like just that Mm -hmm. concept of like feeling good in the moment is so precious it's so important because eventually it's going to be in the past And again, it doesn't matter. So like, you know, as a bodybuilder, like are some things like you're constantly planning or maybe not even just a bodybuilder, somebody who's into fitness um, or who's someone who's very busy, who works a lot. um, How do you stay grounded and present um, with yourself? Like as as, as somebody who does activities where you kind of have to plan everything. What do you do? Right. So for me, it's planning is not the evil. It's the anxiety that comes with planning for some. And for me, like I would be anxious about the next day, knowing all the things I had to do. Well, that's not helping me right now. So planning is not the problem. Planning is great because therefore you're not just bumbling around for meeting, trying to figure out things out. Planning is awesome. It's the emotions attached to the fact of failure with those plans Mm -hmm. and the fact that you just have to let go of your expectations because being a perfectionist is great in some regards and just awful in others. And the reason why you fail and the reason why you feel so awful about yourself the majority of the time is your expectations are so unrealistic that Mm -hmm. no one will accomplish them. And for whatever reason, you hold yourself to these unrealistic expectations. And that's why you feel constantly bad. Mm -hmm. But if you live in the moment and maybe you had a bad training session and you feel like crap afterward being like, oh, I should have trained better. I should have trained harder. Like I wasn't in it today. You have to accept and understand you gave all you could in that exact moment. It doesn't matter if in another dimension or another universe, you know, that Ash or that Brit was just on with their training. That doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. You gave what you could in that moment mm-hmm. and now it's gone. And now yeah. you need to be in the moment with, you know, calming yourself down. Maybe it's taking a shower. Maybe it's box breathing for five to 10 minutes, eat your post-workout and then go do something else. Like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For me, like being present had, you know, I'll do things like eat a meal or I've done things in the past, like especially in my earlier years of bodybuilding, um, where I'd eat a meal and then I'd wait for the next meal. Um, like I'd just sit around and wait because I was waiting for what was next. Um, instead of just doing something doing something productive that's going to help me and just allowing myself to allowing my body to know when it's time to eat again and just go ahead and eat. Like, right. 
Um, so now like for me, sometimes I can have a busy day if I know I'm going to be busy, but I also am trying to stay on track. I might set alarms. So I'm not thinking about it. Um, so I'll set alarms so that I'll, it's time to eat. Okay. Let me eat really quick and just get back to what I'm doing. Um, because the more I'm looking at the clock, like the more I, I do this a lot, just in general, I look at the clock a lot. Um, because I'm thinking about, okay, like once I end this, I have to do that. Um, and if I don't do this specific activity to the best of my ability, if I don't like say something like impactful on this podcast, I'll feel like a failure. Right. <laughs> so I, in order for me to, I, I have to do things that help me to not look at the clock. Otherwise I won't stay focused and keep thinking about what is next. And I'll keep looking at the clock to make sure I don't miss what is next. So instead I'll take that, I'll just take it out and just have arm. Um, in the morning, I, I noticed that for me, I have a hard time sleeping when there's no alarm associated with the morning. Like I have to have an alarm. Otherwise I won't sleep very well because I'm like, if I don't wake up at a certain time, I'm not going to get all of the things I need to get done in during the day. And if I just myself sleep, then I can't do that. Well, like, honestly, sometimes like that doesn't, sometimes I need more sleep than what my, than what, what I would like, right? right? Sometimes I need more than seven hours. Sometimes I need eight or nine. Like, so I'll set an alarm for like eight or nine and just sleep. And I notice that I sleep much better because I'm thinking, I don't wake up in the middle of the night, like in a panic. Cause that's what I was doing. I would like not put on my alarm. Cause I would try to get as much sleep as I could. Um, and that's like an insomniac behavior as well. I would not set an alarm. I would, I would try to sleep as long as I could, um, but I wouldn't because I would wake up in a panic anyway. So, because I didn't, you know, allot myself just like that balance of sleep yep. and balance of time. Um, something else I do is like, I don't really beat myself up anymore over like progression. I just, I take things day by day, meal by meal, training session by training session, weight by weight. Um, and I move on from it. So like, I'm more, uh, in tune with the process of my progress rather than the progress itself. And so that takes a lot of pressure off me as far as somebody that likes to do fitness. I'm not sitting there like, uh, beating myself up over the fact that I didn't PR today. Um, right. I didn't PR. What are you going to do? Like, so tomorrow right. life goes on, <laughs> life goes on. So let's try again tomorrow. Or um, I had to combine two meals because I couldn't get my meals in. It's too late now. Like, oh, you know, like I just stopped obsessing over the fact, over the potential impact of my mistakes and just said, doing these things anyway, right? Like I'm still in the gym. I'm still eating my food. I'm still like having fun with friends and family. I'm still doing the things that I like to do. So focus on those things day by day instead of stressing out over the progress that you potentially could have made. Well, guess what? Like you didn't make it and that's okay. Or you did make right. it. Cool. Like, so don't, don't just think like, oh, because A, B, and C happened, I will progress. Like so two weeks, for example, that I didn't sleep. Um, I was thinking in my head, like, I'm not going to progress. I'm not, and I'm in a cutting phase right now. I was like, I'm not going to lose body fat. My body is so stressed out. I, I'm going to have to stay in this cut for a longer time. And I don't, I don't know if I want to. Right. And I actually did make progress, but like, I was sitting there thinking like, it, it wasn't as much as 
I, I would have normally made probably, but I wasn't thinking about that either. Like I wasn't thinking like I could have made more shit. You know, I was just like, ah, I did what I needed to do. And yeah, I did make progress. So that makes me happy. And I moved on from it instead of thinking about what I could have done. Because I think like in my early year, earlier years of fitness, like I would make sure everything was absolutely positively, it had to be perfect. Like, because I didn't even want to think about the progress I couldn't have made. Right. Made. And so um, I just stopped thinking about that. And in fact, I'm much happier and my body's a lot happier just by not like obsessing over everything. And I'm sure you're making better progress too. Because <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. taking that, that stress component out. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is some of the re- reason why you're not making progress is because you're stressing over not making progress. And you have to shift your mindset from being so result focused to being process focused. Like you have yes, to, absolutely. you have to, um, absolutely. it's hard. It's so hard because we're literally as bodybuilders, you're being judged on your physique and there's nothing more uncomfortable than being judged on your physique. Yeah. Like, and you, it's inherently insane. I get that, but yeah. you have to understand that like you're getting judged regardless, do the best that you can in that mm-hmm. moment. Like, I think that's probably what every parents like said to their kids is, Oh, just do your best. Mm-hmm. They didn't say be perfect. Hopefully they said, yeah. do your best, but mm-hmm. do your best is subjective to that moment. And mm-hmm. maybe if you're getting four hours of sleep, your best is three RIR on all of your lifts and mm-hmm. eating your meals and, you know, drinking your water and getting your steps. Like you're hitting your variables to the best of your ability in that moment of time. It doesn't matter if you were getting eight hours of sleep and training till failure, because you're not right now. Like that's not yeah. where you are currently at. And that's okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I, I posted, uh, I posted something like two days ago where I had, I said, um, time is, time is what creates this need for fluidity. Um, because at a certain point in time, you are one way. And then another point of time, you are another way. And there's no point in time where you are the same. You should at least, and, um, you have to accept that you don't have control over time. Um, and that like, literally I just said that, and that moment has passed and I will never get that again. Exactly. unless you rewind this like so you know you don't (laughs) you don't have you don't have control over it so you know you have to do the best that you can and make judgments sound judgments um that work for you at that specific time Mm -hmm. and uh, and understand like yesterday is no longer here tomorrow hasn't happened so don't worry about it just focus on what you can do in this moment today Absolutely. And kind of to go along with that, you also can't compare yourself to others. And I think that's also a big thing with social media right now is like, you know, you can compare yourself to like those who are nationally qualified, those who just turned pro, those who are pros. And you like, look at your physique and you're like, fuck, I'm nowhere where I want to be. And then, then you can kind of get depressed in your own nature, because again, you're setting unrealistic expectations of someone else's body, someone else's life, and you're projecting it onto yourself. And that's not fair to you. And that certainly isn't fair to the other person because you are alike in no sort of way, like completely different people. And you have to recognize that. And I think it's important to just respect that as well. And, you know, don't let that hinder, you know, your, you know, your thoughts about yourself by any means, because that's just at the end of the day, it's not fair at all. It's not fair. And it doesn't do any, it doesn't do you any good. Mm -mm. It doesn't at all. Like, what is it going to do other than to make you feel 
inadequate. <laughs> yeah, inadequate. So like, just worry about yourself. Like, don't worry about what other people are doing. They have a completely like, gen- they have a completely different experience and they're, they're in their own little universe. Yep. Um, own little like, like worlds um, that they've experienced that you might have not experienced yet. Um, and that's cool. That's okay. Like uh, this concept, that's why this concept of time is, it's, I think it's hard for, it's even hard for me to understand sometimes. Um, but I think that it's like, you know, the acceptance of it and just worrying about like control what you can control. Like, yep. you know, that, that's a very powerful mindset in a way, in a great way to live, in my opinion. I agree. And controlling what you can control, you have to respect that there are some things out of your control. And that includes sleep. You can control what time your ass is in bed. You cannot control what time you fall asleep. You can just cannot control that. The minute you start trying to control that, you're going to start having problems because you're going to fail. And then when you realize you failed, then that's when your mind starts to associate sleep with this Mm -hmm. stressor. And then that's why your brain doesn't want you to fall asleep because it's scared. It's stressed. It's like, oh shit, is a saber tooth tiger going to come eat me? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, I think we didn't even talk about that with sleep. Like for me, part of, part of the way I felt when I couldn't sleep was that I was in danger. Like, um, my body was telling me that as the sun went down and this is part, this is probably part of my nighttime anxiety when I was a when I was a kid, um, that as the sun went down, something bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was trying, I was trying to fall asleep through that as a child. And even, you know, recently as the sun went down, I started, I could literally feel my anxiety building up. Yep. I could feel it. And I was, and it was the fact that it was a, I don't want to use the word trigger because that wouldn't be the correct term, but it was, it was something that, um, created exact more anxiety for me because I could see the sun going down. I could see and feel the fact that it was getting cooler outside. Um, and I would start freaking out. Like, it's a feeling. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. not a trigger. It's just straight up a feeling. Cause I had the yeah. same feeling. Like I see the, I see the clock was around six. Yeah. I see the sun start to go down. It would be mm-hmm. cooler and, outside. And then you're like, uh, it's almost time to fight. It's yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. It's, and, and it's like, you know, you know, it's like your body and your brain almost knows the sun's about to go down. The sun's about to go down. Your anxiety is about to come up and you're about to fight you're yep. about to fight yourself. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's a good thing. If you're listening to this, that will help you like realize that your body is, is not trying to fight you. It's trying to take care of you. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm getting ready to take care of you right now. So I'm going to up. Um, And so that in itself is why you're not in control because your mind is so much more powerful and it's going to be like, I'm going to take care of you. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you want to go to sleep. Um, I need to take care of you because you need to survive today. That's right. And so you have to kind of like coax and coddle your mind into thinking, oh, everything is, it's okay. And that's why, that's why you greet your anxiety. That's why you say hello to it. So it's, so it doesn't perceive it as a threat. Right. Do yourself a favor, make a complicated handshake with your anxiety or depression when it pops up. Because if you like, think of like having a neat little handshake to greet it, like pop lock and drop it, you will Mm -hmm. start to feel at peace because you will greet it as a friend. And right now it's not a friend and that's the issue. Like, it's like a frenemy and you know, you talk shit behind its back about it and you know, you hate it, but at the end of the day, like it's the reason why you're having this issue. So like greet it, 
handshake, mm-hmm. give it yeah. a personality, like give it a, a, you know, if you want, if you're someone that's very visual, give it like a, a picturesque, like type mm-hmm. of personality and mm-hmm. whatever, like whatever it is you need to do to like understand that it's no longer a threat, mm-hmm. the better off you will be. I can guarantee that. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. But I know this podcast has been a heavy hitter. Um, yeah, Brit, thank you good. so much for just being <laughs> vulnerable and honest, but it's, of course, I'm so glad I was able to help in, you during your time and share my experience. That's all I've ever really wanted to do, whether it's with coaching or even with my depression, because like at one time I didn't have anyone besides like my therapist and like my husband. Mm-hmm. And like, although yes, they were both helpful. They, they just couldn't possibly understand because they weren't going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you can come out the other side and kind of regain control back of not even your old life, but your new life, because mm-hmm. again, it doesn't matter what you, how much you used to sleep. It matters now, like what you are sleeping. So yeah. you get to develop kind of a new, a new start, which is always kind of cool as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for how that's, that was one of the big reasons why we like connected was because I was just, it was so crazy. I, I remember just thinking ahead during that night, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to message Ashley because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she went through this. Like, I'm pretty sure she, she did this. And right away, like Ashley got on the phone with me we were on the phone for like, I think like 30 or 45 minutes Yeah, talking And, um, that helped me so much to understand. It helped me really like understand myself, not just like understand how to sleep, but understand who I am and separating myself from my emotions. Um, and knowing that it's okay to have emotions and, um, and anxiety, it's even okay to have anxiety because it's, it's something that happens to everyone really. Yep. Um, But you are not defined by that. So I started seeing myself in a way. I started seeing myself like without anxiety, not part of my identity Mm. and started liking myself. I started like being like, oh, without that, I think that that was one of the reasons why I was having such a hard time self-esteem wise, um, because I would, I would view myself with my anxiety, but I was, I viewed myself as somebody that was very pretty and, and, um, and like good fun to be around. I was like, without my anxiety, what am I? Like, you know, and so I started looking through that and started thinking about that. And I was like, huh, like I'm actually cool. Um, and so I needed to hear that. I needed to hear what you had to say so that I could have a better picture of myself. That was really awesome for me to experience. And it's still really enlightening. Like I still tell people about it. Like I'm still like, oh, you can't sleep. I got you. Like, I got you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's like the beautiful thing about it is like knowing that like, even if someone that you love or someone that you know is going through a hard time, like through your own experience, you get to help someone else. And it's kind of like, just like that ripple effect where it's like, you're helping your own clients. I know I've helped my own clients. Hopefully they've spread the word. Like, it's not like the book is amazing, but it's the mindset that you also bless Mm -hmm. them with that I think is really important as well. For sure. Definitely. Woo, that was a heavy one, but you know what? We made it through. We made it through. (laughs) Britt, as always, thank you so much for getting on this and recording a podcast with me. Listeners, thank you guys so much for listening to episode two. And we'll come out next week with the third one. Let's keep rolling. For sure.